0: This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 25. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now here's your host Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. I wanted to kick things off by welcoming Canadian Money Saver as the new sponsor of the Build Wealth Canada show, and I'm definitely excited to partner with them since I've actually been a paying subscriber of theirs way before they decided to sponsor the show. So I feel I can legitimately recommend them to Canadians, and I personally found that they what they charge is actually a really small price to pay to be up to date on what is happening as far as personal finance in Canada, you know, and it's just good to be in the know just so that you don't miss out on any important news. And what actually got me to subscribe to them back when I first became a paid subscriber was that when you sign up for their online version, you actually get complete access to all their past issues going all the way back to 2001, which is pretty nuts. So you basically pay for a one-year subscription and you not only get all the new issues that come out in the year, but also the dozens and dozens of issues that they've published over the past 15 years. So it's definitely some real, really good value if you're looking for some good reading and to basically educate yourself. All right. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I like to arrange giveaways and exclusive deals for Build Wealth Canada listeners. So what I did with Money Saver Magazine is actually arranged a deal with them where all Build Wealth Canada listeners get an extra bonus that everyone else has to pretty much pay for, as well as a discount on a one-year subscription to the magazine if you decide to do that. So the bonus is that for free, you get exclusive access to the recording of a sold out paid webinar done by a 31 year industry veteran, Peter Hudson, where he basically talks about what him and his company have learned in the past year and what to watch out for this year when it comes to personal finance and investing. And also as a With Canada listener, I've also arranged with them that you get a promo code that you can use for a discount on a one year digital or a one year print subscription to Canadian Money Saver magazine. Now there are other subscription options available on the site, but the discount only applies to either a one year digital subscription or the one year print subscription. And basically the digital one is where you get all the past issues going all the way back to 2001. So that's a really, really cool one to get and that's the one that I have. All right, so you can get the bonus, the discount and all the details by going over to buildwealthcanada.ca slash deal. All right, so that's D-E-A-L. All right, so the following article is actually an excerpt from the video training course that I'm building, which answers the number one question that I am asked by Build Wealth Canada listeners, which is how do I actually become an index investor and what is the process from start to finish when doing index investing, buying ETFs here in Canada? All right, so there's a lot of books and blogs that are talking about how doing index investing by buying ETFs is basically the best thing since sliced bread, but there isn't really any sort of step-by-step video guide to show you exactly what to do specifically here in Canada. So what I did for this course is I actually recorded my screen so that you can see exactly step-by-step how I invest every single month so that you can basically follow along and you can basically do it yourself at your own pace. And of course, I explain how I do everything and why I do it in that way so that you basically get a really good understanding and start to feel comfortable with the whole process from start to finish. Of course, I also provide you with some good resources of things to consider such as what are some good ETFs that you may wanna consider buying for your particular portfolio. And as a final note, the course does come with a one year, 100% money back guarantee. So you can literally try the entire course. And if it's not for you or you don't like it for whatever reason, then you can just send me an email and I'll get you a full refund. No questions asked, no hard feelings. All right. So if you want to learn more about the course, you can go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. Now let's get into the article. One of the biggest things that held me back from getting started in investing earlier was actually my definition of a risk and basically from associating investing with picking stocks. Now, I remember growing up and hearing about companies going bankrupt and hearing from friends and acquaintances about the money that they lost buying shares of a company after hearing about some hot stock tip. And then there were others that I talked to that would basically buy cheap penny stocks, hoping that their value would skyrocket only to have basically the companies fail or be worth next to nothing now. And we see and hear such stories all throughout our lives, whether we're in high school, which is when I kind of first started experiencing this, or whether we're in university or college or out in the workforce. And looking back at these experiences, it doesn't really surprise me that my initial perceptions of investing in stocks was seen as extremely risky. Now, here's the part that basically prevented me from getting started in investing earlier, which in turn resulted in me missing out on earning potentially an extra $16,128. And the mistake I made was actually my definition of risk, which sounds kind of weird, right? But hear me out. So based on the experiences I just mentioned, which basically involved seeing people lose money, picking stocks, I began to perceive investing in stocks as having really only two potential outcomes. You either hit the jackpot by investing in some stock that ends up making you loads of money. So for example, you know, Blackberry in the early days, or the investment doesn't work out and you basically lose most or all of your money. In other words, I mistakenly defined risk as the probability that I could lose all my money. And when looking at it this way, I started being extremely conservative with my money. I was basically afraid to invest in stocks at all. And the only thing that I felt safe investing in was using my disposable income to pay down the mortgage quicker. And I thought, why would I put my money in something where I can lose it all when I can instead just pay down my mortgage, which essentially guarantees me a small rate of return. And just as an aside, I should point out too that this decision happened when I was basically fresh out of university and amidst the 2008 financial crisis which for a beginner and uneducated investor was a very scary time to start investing in the market. It's basically hard to have confidence and see the drop in the markets as a buying opportunity when you don't fully understand what's going on and basically all you hear every day is noise about how others have lost money by basically solidifying their losses when they panicked and decided to you know, sell off their investments right after things start to drop. All right, now, don't get me wrong, choosing to pay down your mortgage instead of investing isn't necessarily a bad decision. It really depends on a multitude of factors, and the correct answer can be completely different from one person to another. But the bottom line is that I shouldn't have automatically just assumed that any sort of stock investing has a decent chance of me losing all my money, and therefore, the only somewhat safe thing to do is to pay off the mortgage. What I know now through basically a ridiculous amount of research over the years is that there actually is a middle ground. And so what is that middle ground? The answer is index investing. And for all the readers who are already a little versed on this subject, what I'm specifically referring to and what I actually personally do and teach others to do is doing broad market index investing by buying low-cost ETFs. And if you don't know what this is yet, don't worry, we'll definitely go into that later. So if you're just starting out and learning about investments, then this definitely sounds like gibberish and can sound very intimidating as there are companies that spend millions in advertising to make this all sound very, very complicated. This way, instead of learning about this yourself, they hope that you instead seek them out, give them a lot of your money and basically let them do everything for you. Then decades from now, you basically wonder why your retirement savings aren't as big as they told you they would be when the real answer is that you basically paid them well over 100,000 in hidden fees over your lifetime. And yes, this does actually happen and is very common in Canada. Of course, there are great companies out there and many great financial advisors too. But my goal here is to give you the knowledge you need so that you don't get tricked into handing your hard-earned money over to a salesperson that's basically disguised as an advisor. All right, this happens way too often in Canada and actually over your lifetime can actually cut the wealth you earn from your investments by half. All right. So think about that for a minute. Imagine having half a million dollars in your retirement portfolio instead of $1 million, because you've basically been unknowingly paying hidden fees on your investments for the past 30 years. Ouch. But I digress. (laughs) So the reason that you need to think about risk different when buying broad market indexes is that you are not investing in a single company that can one day go bankrupt or lose most of its stock price never to recover again. Instead, if you do index investing properly, you are literally buying thousands of companies all at once all over the world. And ideally, you're doing this by buying low-cost ETFs. Therefore, even if some of those companies go bankrupt or drop in value, then those losses are offset by the thousands of other companies you have that have actually done great and made you money. And just as an aside, I'll have another episode soon defining ETFs and indexes for you if you're just getting started in investing. But for now, just know that I keep suggesting buying ETFs because they are an asset that you can buy, just like a stock, which if you buy the right ones, will mimic the broad stock market index. For example, there are ETFs that you can buy where one ETF contains thousands of companies that represent 99% of the entire US stock market. So this is what I'm referring to when I say buying the index or buying the entire stock market. Now, the reason I often say broad market indexes with emphasis on the word broad is because I'm referring to only buying the ETFs that mimic the broad market. For example, those that mimic almost the entire Canadian or the entire US market, as opposed to mimicking only a small segment of those markets, like mimicking the technology sector or mimicking the financial services sector. So not all ETFs mimic the broad stock market. So it's really important to make that distinction. All right, so moving on, what is the actual definition of risk? Well, there are many definitions when it comes to investing. Risk usually refers to how large the standard deviation is for a particular investment. So to put it simply, standard deviation refers to how much the value of an investment can fluctuate. For example, if you're investing in a stock market index, then the value of those stocks will fluctuate a lot more than bonds. Now, the extreme example is if you just put all your money in a savings account at your bank or credit union. In this scenario, the money won't fluctuate at all. You'll just earn a really small interest payment that gets added to your pot of money. So what do I think of these ultra safe places to invest your money like savings accounts? With them, you're almost guaranteed to lose money because of inflation. So while your savings account won't go down and won't fluctuate, which feels safe, when you factor in inflation, you're generally losing money over the long term. This is why for long term, you don't wanna be holding cash under your mattress or in a savings account. The only debatable thing when it comes to this is your emergency fund. This is because you want your emergency fund money to be very safe and easily accessible. If, for example, you're getting a car collision or your roof starts leaking or something of that nature. So if you actually end up investing in indexes properly, can you actually lose most or all of your money just like if you were investing in one particular stock? While we should generally not use the word guaranteed when talking about investments, we can see that historically the stock market has always recovered. Could we have a doomsday scenario where everything is lost never to recover again? Sure, it could happen. However, I personally feel comfortable in investing in entire indexes just because historically so far they have always recovered even when we look at the last major financial crisis in 2008. As of today, even if we bought the S&P 500 broad market index at the peak, right before the 2008 crash happened, then if you actually held on to them until today, it would have fully recovered from the crash and you would have actually made money. This is an important point because we sometimes talk to people who have completely swore off the stock market after the crash. They say they lost half the retirement in the crash, they sold everything off and have convinced themselves that the stock market doesn't work and basically wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Years later, we now see from actual data that there was actually an incredible recovery after the crash and that if they actually owned and held broad market ETFs over this time, they would actually be net positive today. Now, of course, some will say that they couldn't wait that long for the markets to recover and they had to withdraw that money. But then the question becomes, if you need the money in the short term, then why would you invest it in the stock market when you know that over the short term, its value can fluctuate greatly? If you were willing to wait a bit, for instance, medium term, but not long term, then the question is, was your asset allocation correct based on your life circumstances? In other words, if you need the money midterm, then a portion of your entire portfolio should be in investments that won't fluctuate drastically like the stock market, so that you can take that portion out of your portfolio if there is a crash without losing a ton of money. But fine, don't take my word for it. Let's see what Warren Buffett has to say, who I think we can agree knows a couple things about investing. And if you don't know who Warren Buffett is, uh, he's basically a legendary investor that at the time of this recording is the third richest person in the world with a net worth of around $60.8 billion, which he earned being a professional investor, all right? When creating his will, his instructions to the trustee that is to help with investments going to his wife was to basically put 10% of the cash in short-term government bonds and 90% in a low-cost S&P 500 index fund. So Buffett is known as being a stock picker and at the top of his game when it comes to investing. So isn't it interesting that when deciding what a non-professional investor should do, he still says to put a majority of the funds in a broad market stock index and a portion of it into bonds so that you can ride out the storms if you need the money in the medium term. Now we can debate and analyze this decision at length, and I'm definitely not saying that all Canadians should adopt the same strategy by having such an aggressive asset allocation and by only buying the S&P 500 index for the stock portion of their portfolio. Your allocation should of course be based on your specific situation. But my point for now is that if you need the money in the short or medium terms, then don't put all your money into a stock index due to how much it can fluctuate during those short and midterm periods. All right, so let's get back into the title of this episode and answer, why do I say that I lost $16,128 by not getting started in investing early enough? Well, like I said earlier, due to my definition of risk and a few other factors, upon graduating university, my wife and I moved to the greater Toronto area, so the GTA, and basically optimized our lifestyle and finances in such a way that we were able to put away around half our household income into either paying off our mortgage quicker or investing it. And just as an aside, if you're interested in the story, you can listen to it in one of the earlier episodes of the Build With Canada show, or you can read about it in any of the main personal finance magazines in Canada as it was published there too. In fact, you can get the whole magazine that has the article from Canadian Money Saver by going to buildwealthcanada.ca slash deal. It's the same link that I give you before, and it's on page 32, and you can just download the entire issue for free to sample the magazine, see if you like it, and you don't even have to provide your email or any credit card information. You can just download the whole issue for free, and then while you're there, you can subscribe to Canadian Money Saver Magazine if you want, and then, of course, you'll get the bonus and discount that's exclusive to Build Wealth Canada listeners. All right, so basically going back to the story, based on all the fear and lack of education about investing that we had, we decided to pay down our mortgage quickly. It was basically fully paid off by the time I was 29. Now, while there are many advantages to doing that, the disadvantage was that if we instead invested the money to buy the indexes using low-cost ETFs, we would have been ahead by around $16,128 over those six years. And just as an FYI for simplicity here, I'm just using the average historical return of the S&P 500 index, which is basically one of the main indexes that track the US market. In other words, while we saved around $6,552 in interest by doing the accelerated payments on our mortgage over that time period, we could have actually expected to make $22,680 if we instead invested the money in broad market ETFs that, for example, track the S&P 500 index. So when I did the rough math on this, the difference between those two numbers is $16,128, which is what I say I lost by doing sort of the safer mortgage paydown option, as opposed to investing that money in our retirement using ETFs to invest in the different indexes. Now there are amazing benefits to having a paid off mortgage such as increased cash flow and financial stability. But of course the trade-off is that our net worth is not as high as it could have been if we just invested the money instead. Now once again I'm not saying that what we did should or shouldn't be done by anyone listening to this. Uh, what I am saying is that it is important to consider the numbers like this to basically analyze your situation thoroughly, you know even seek out the advice of a fee for service financial planner who is an expert in these matters and can help you decide based on your goals and your specific situation where you should put your extra money. Of course, remember to use a qualified advisor and one that doesn't get a bonus or a commission or potential promotion at work by selling you investments like you know mutual funds, all right? And just to give you a little bonus tip, if they say that their financial planning services are free, then that's typically a dead giveaway that they are being compensated on the back end through things like hidden fees, which you don't even really see, but are definitely paying for. So my main point here is that you shouldn't let your fear of losing it all drive you to not even evaluate all the options available to you. It's a really big move and one that should be based on your goals, ambitions, personal situation, and actual math, as opposed to emotions such as fear. All right, I hope you enjoyed the episode and you can get the show notes by going over to buildwealthcanada.ca slash 25. So just the number 25. And don't forget to go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash deal for the free sample issue and of course for the discount and bonus on Money Saver Magazine. And you can go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest if you want to learn more about the step-by-step video guide on how to do index investing here in Canada. All right, have a great week. Take care, bye. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.